0: hey everyone in today's episode i talked to shannon falconer the ceo and co-founder of because animals to discuss the benefits of cultured meat for pets people and the planet this episode was also brought to you by shameless pets an all-natural nutritionist crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery stores they're made in the usa and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats you can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's get right into today's episode.
1: Hi, I'm Daniela from Mela Pet Care, and today I'm joined by Shannon Falconer, the CEO and co-founder of Because Animals. Hi, Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Hi, Daniela, thanks very much for having me.
1: Of course. And so to begin, would you maybe like to give a little bit of personal background for the listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, uh, as you mentioned, I started this company because Animals, which is making cultured meat for our cats and dogs. Um, I grew up with three dogs and three cats. So I developed a really close relationship with pets at a young age. Um, and then as a result of that connection that I, I have or had had with animals then, um, I stopped eating meat at a young age uh, in my early teens and then started volunteering with animal rescue in my uh, late late teens and then that actually continued throughout my entire adulthood. Um, I'm a PhD scientist in biochemistry. But uh, sort of work on my my scientific career during the day and then um, uh, volunteer activities around animal rescue in the evenings and weekends. And um, I didn't ever really see an opportunity for those two worlds to merge um, until I was working as a postdoctoral researcher at Stanford University. And um, it was then that I I decided that I would use my science to take animals out of the supply chain and that would be um, in making cultured meat for cats and dogs.
1: That is super cool. I love that background. I've noticed a lot with um, pet lovers that you start at a very young age. And I think that's great because you have so much experience. And so you are the CEO and founder of Because Animals. So what is Because Animals and how did that start?
2: Yeah, well I should I'm I'm the co-founder. Um oh, and, there we yeah, go. <laughs> and my, my co-founder Joshua Arrett. So um so I'm I I have the, the scientific background and my co-founder Joshua Arrett. when we met actually he had just finished his MBA and has a background in finance and entrepreneurship. Um and interestingly, Josh and I had each spent many years in the animal rescue community um and so yeah at the time that we came together we were we were both looking for a way to to basically use our scientific or sorry our, our respective careers uh in a way that would actually um benefit benefit pets so um so that was about five and a five and a half years ago now um and uh josh and i started the company and um we started based on we started because animals with the um, yeah, out of the the belief and um, that there is a better way to feed our pets than um, than feeding them uh, well, what is largely the the fallen animals um, from the animal agriculture industry. So these fallen animals are um, animals that never make it to slaughter due to they die beforehand. So it's dehydration, suffocation, disease. Um, so those animals, in combination with the leftover portions of the animal that people don't want to meat eat all of that meat is sent to to a rendering facility um where the meat is at that, that at that point is is quite heavily diseased and infected. um it's subjected to high heats and pressures to sterilize it, and then that meat is used to to make pet food. Uh, in theory, that meat should be because it's sterilized and then although most of the vitamins and minerals are lost from that meat because it's such a an intense sterilization process, although the, those nutrients are added back to the food, in theory that that food should always be safe for our pets. Um, but as we know from, from recalls, FDA recalls every year, um, it is not always safe for our pets. Typically those, res- those recalls are a result of either bacterial contamination or inappropriate amounts of um, vitamins being added to the food, so excess vitamin D, for example, um, and so so there are a few problems with it, with this. Namely, that you know, first and foremost, it's it's problematic for our pets, um, and it poses a, a health and safety risk to them. Um, the other issue is that um, from the perspective of sort of the environment and all of the other animals, uh, pet food as an industry really. Uh, supports the animal agriculture industry in allowing it to continue to move forward. So although um, although humans are of course the main consumers of animal based products, um, uh, pet food contributes, or at least in terms of the environmental effects, um, up to 30% of those effects in terms of deforestation, water and fossil fuel use is directly attributed to the foods that Americans feed their cats and dogs. So if we're going to address, <laughs> climate change uh, and the animal agriculture industry, um, we've got to look at pet food. Um, And up until now, it's really been a white space. So hence, because animals moving in.
1: That is amazing. I, I really love that. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't really necessarily think about where the pet food comes from. You know, maybe a lot of people know that a lot of water goes into creating beef and allowing humans to have meat, but not so much about animals. And so I really like how you're changing this standpoint. Now, I know I have a very limited scientific background, study a little bit, but um, not quite to the extent that you have, obviously. And so for those who may be a little more unfamiliar with the topic of cultured meat. You know, how does that come about from a more scientific standpoint?
2: Yeah, no, great question. So Cultured meat is, um, it is meat. So we are not creating a meat alternative, it is meat. We are just producing it in an alternative way. So rather than actually raising and slaughtering an animal for meat, we are instead uh, in a one-time scenario, we take some cells from an animal um, and we don't ever have to go back to that animal now. Um, We take those cells and those cells basically form sort of the stock of all of the cells that we will continue to grow in the future. Um, And we feed those cells a combination of vitamins, minerals, nutrients that those cells would otherwise receive inside of a body of an animal. We feed those same nutrients to the cells outside of the animal, but we do it inside a vessel that's warm and allows for gas exchange. Um, This is a bioreactor. And we grow those cells the same way that they would grow inside of an animal. And then, um, uh, and then basically we harvest them eventually, and we can blend them with other ingredients to make uh, a kibble or a wet food pate or a baked treat, um, much the same way that pet food is could be made now. I'd say one of the big differences. Um, in terms of how we uh, grow the meat, um, in addition to not raising and slaughtering an animal, we also don't use any antibiotics or growth-promoting steroids, which are typically used in traditional animal agriculture. Um, So this is another benefit of actually uh, of of making cultured meat rather than animal-based slaughtered meat.
0: We interrupt this episode to remind you of Shameless Pets, an all-natural nutritionist crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery store. They're made in the USA, and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats. You can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's continue with this episode.
1: That's really cool. I definitely did not know a lot about the science behind that. So it's really good to know. And definitely amazing for the listeners to know too, because I think a lot of people are listening to this going, wait, let's start from square one, what is cultured meat? So thank you for answering that question. And I know you've really touched on the benefits of cultured meat because there are so, so many, but digging a little deeper into that, you know, what are the benefits for the environment and farm animals?
2: Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, in terms of the environment, I think at, at this point um, uh, animal agriculture has been very, very well implicated in this, is now known and recognized as, um, as the leading industry um, when it comes to climate change as it relates to um, as it relates to uh, greenhouse gas emissions, as it relates to deforestation, um, uh, soil erosion. Um, just taking up more arable uh or inhabitable land um, and um, and displacing and of course other species uh, species extinction um and so certainly animal agriculture from the environmental uh from the environmental perspective is um is is very devastating uh for the farmed animals themselves it is also um Quite an egregious industry. So, as I mentioned, um, eh, although I mean, raising and slaughtering an animal um, for food is is certainly it, it's not it's it's not nice. Um, no matter no matter from what perspective you see it, um, it's it's it, it's not um, you know as the it's not great for the animal to be slaughtered, but um, certainly in terms of how the animal is treated up until that point, um, this is where, Pet food in particular, um, I think, really serves as as an outlet that allows the industry to maintain a status quo that is very, very, very subpar and um, inhumane. Um, And because the industry is able to actually sell all of this otherwise unsellable meat or carcass to pet food, um, and in the absence of being able to sell this meat to to the pet food industry, and what agriculture would have to pay to have it disposed of as biohazardous waste. So not only would it be, um, would they not be actually able to profit from this, but it would be uh, a revenue loss. They would have to pay out of pocket. Um, and so, uh, so, but because pet food is this, as I say, it's sort of this, um, this um, outlet for the industry. And so, as a consequence, you know, um, yeah. Not necessarily focusing on um, ensuring that there is adequate space for animals, or that they're they're provided with enough resources in terms of medication, if they or um, just treatment if they are diseased um, or or water, et cetera. Uh, there's not there's not really pressure for these animals to be taken care of as well as perhaps they should be um, because if they die before slaughter um, there's still the opportunity to profit from uh, to profit from their carcass so it's uh it does promote this this really nasty cycle um and and hence why pet food in particular is is such a um is such a problematic industry
1: yeah absolutely i'm learning so much today in these short, Minutes, <laughs> so really information packed, and so to continue with this trend of you know the question of benefits, love to hear more than about the advantages for people and pets.
2: Right. So, um, certainly, you know, if we are creating a. Um, uh, I mean, the environmental piece is is naturally, um, and hopefully for most people can see why it obviously benefits humans. There's also a public health piece associated with uh, eliminating animal agriculture. And I mentioned previously that we don't use antibiotics when we grow our meat, where the animal agriculture industry does. So uh, and actually, they use a lot of antibiotics. So, eighty percent of the antibiotics manufactured in the United States are sold to the animal agriculture industry. So, when people think about the development of antibiotic-resistant pathogens, which prior to COVID um, there was a lot of no, noise about. So, the CDC has basically said, you know, this is this is anti the development of antibiotic-resistant pathogens is is really the, the world's biggest global health threat. That was pre-COVID, um, but that hasn't gone away that hasn't changed um and so um, the way that microbes are able to or pathogen, pathogens are able to um, become resistant to antibiotics is based on exposure. And so if you look at just sheer numbers in terms of the number of antibiotics produced, what industry they're sold to, 80% going to animal agriculture, um, we can we can say quite simply, uh, animal agriculture is is the leading driver of the development of antibiotic resistant pathogens. And, um, and these are therapeutically relevant. Antibiotics um, that are used, and that means that people who go to the hospital, perhaps with some other disease, like uh, an immuno, they have some kind of a, they are immunocompromised, um, or they go there for cancer treatment, um, and then end up dying not of the disease that they went to the hospital for, but instead of an infection that they acquired while at the hospital, um, uh, because and, and this infection was not treatable by any of the antibiotics available. So um, public health is a big issue um with, uh, in terms of our pets, um, why cultured meat stands to benefit them in particular. Um, So this, this naturally, I mean, these other reasons also trickle down to the reasons that we discussed that trickles down to our pets, of course, as well. Um, But what I can say, just in terms of the recalls that would be, um, that are made uh, every year, um, typically, again, due to contamination by bacteria or uh, chemical contamination. So when we grow our cultured meat in this bioreactor um, there is no there is no chance of contamination that we cannot see so uh, meat is contaminated because it's, it's contaminated basically with um, with fecal bacteria so animals of course they the conditions that they live in um, it's sort of this um, they're they're surrounded by fecal matter and so when they are slaughtered and when that meat is then cut and so on and so forth there's also trace levels or there's there are cells um, pathogenic cells that end up on meat and this is why people have to cook their meat um, because it does contain E. coli and salmonella other fecal pathogens. When we grow cultured meat there is no fecal matter present. Um, so there's uh, there's certainly no risk of contamination there. And if there is a contamination by any kind of pathogen, because those cells growing in the bioreactor don't contain an immune system, unlike an animal, um, we could we can see that infection immediately. And then we can basically cull the entire culture and then start again. So what we are harvesting, the meat that we are harvesting um, is always, pure meat. There are no bacterial or fungal pathogens. Um, And and the other benefit, of course, is that with respect to chemical contamination, we know exactly what goes in to the bioreactor, and we know exactly what comes out. Uh, Unlike an animal that is a very, very, it's a complex being, um, depending on what that animal is exposed to by way of either medications or feed. Um, or just airborne exposure, for that matter. Um, stress hormones that are actually produced by an animal when it's killed. Um, so th- all of these things become moot points when we're when we're thinking about cultured meat because it's a very very controlled system um, and the same it's the same process every time we do it. Um, so that um, that allows for that allows for very very clean safety checks.
0: Yeah, this is a great
1: discussion because I feel like we've looked at so many levels, you know, from the small level of just your pet's health to something as big as the global ecosystem and environment. So I think because animals has done such amazing things, you've come very far, obviously startups start at a very small idea and really blow up and you've gotten to a great point. But what about the future? You know what does the future have in store for you because animals, you know what goals do you have in mind?
2: So, um, we are still, we are still working on continuing on scaling our process at this point. So, um, we have developed a cultured mouse cat treat, um, and we focused on mouse because mouse is the ancestral diet of cats. So although chicken and beef and seafood are the main ingredients in commercial pet food today, um, those protein sources are also the main allergens for our cats and dogs. Nonetheless, they're included in pet food because that's what's left over from the human food supply chain. So in making cultured meat, we really saw this as an opportunity to create that protein source that is most evolutionarily appropriate for our pets. So um, so that's mouse for cats, um, which we're now working on scaling. And then the next step will be um, the next. Um, the next, uh, I guess, product line would be rabbit uh, for dogs, um, focused on this sort of small native prey diet. So um, eventually, as we, as we move along, um, we will initially launch our cultured products, cultured meat products um, in the form of treats for cats and dogs, but certainly um, in the future, we will eventually be able to provide uh, nutritionally complete diets for our pets as well.
1: That's so exciting. Can't wait for what the future has in store for you. And so now we're actually at the perfect time for you to answer our mellow signature question, something all of our guests answer because it just leads to a wide, diverse group of answers and ideas. And so what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age?
2: Right, I, I would say to me, it means um, uh, basically maximizing the quality of health for our pets Um, and of course we you know for us pet parents um you know we we derive so much from from our pets but ultimately um the the most important thing is is really quality of life for them so it's it's much less about or it should be much less about us um than it is for for them so uh yeah really quality of life for them
1: yeah that's a great answer And so as we're wrapping up this discussion, I'd love for the listeners to find out how to keep up to date with what you and Because Animals is up to and how they can follow you.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So if they, uh, so becauseanimals.com, they can check us out on our website. And from there at the bottom of the page, our website, um, we have various social handles on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, And people can also opt to sign up for our newsletter, um, where they will get more in-depth updates on uh, what Because Animals is up to.
1: Amazing. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great chat.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Daniela.
0: Thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed this special episode. If you're interested in keeping up to date with what we're doing here at Mela, feel free to sign up for our newsletter at mela.ai newsletter for an exclusive look into our company. Thank you.